have to go back! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And in this episode, Harrison Ford is the president of the United States. We are reviewing the 1997 American film. That's the category it is. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that was a, a category. <laughs> Neither did I. Just read it. Uh, Air Force One. Good. Uh, I like. I feel like that would be a subcategory of action films. Yeah. Where it's like you have British comedy, American mm. action. Yes. Yeah. There it is. Uh, so we are reviewing this movie because uh, we, there is a new Olympus has fallen movie up in the uh, air. <laughs> oh wow! Man. Okay. I spent a lot of time on this. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, Angel Has Fallen uh, is hitting theater mm. starring Gerard Butler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Part of the about Has secret- Fallen series. Yes, Got about okay. the clumsiest uh, secret agent. <laughs> um, so, Secret Service agent Mike Banning is framed for the attempt of assassination of the president uh, and must evade his own agency in the FBI as he tries to uncover the real threat. And we decided that we need to... You know, pump up our Air Force Ones, a form of shoe uh, that was very popular in the early 2000s. Nelly had a song about it. Uh, if you remember that, uh, let us know uh, by using the hashtag Tuper. Um, I feel I'll- like I need a diagram of all the jokes that just happened. That was <laughs> so many layers. <sighs> Uh, all while saying nothing, yeah, nothing you, you at all. You are beautiful minding <laughs> this whole intro. Oh man! Uh, but anyway, so we are reviewing uh, Air Force One, uh, a movie starring Harrison Ford as James Marshall, uh, the President of the United States, who personally steps in to thwart a hijacking of Air Force One instead of leaving the plane. Mm. Uh, the cast also includes Glenn Close as Vice President uh, Catherine Bennett, uh, Wendy Crewson as First Lady Grace Marshall, uh, Leslie Matthews as Alice Marshall, and Gary Oldman as Ivan Korshinov, and uh, Jurgen Prochnow as General Alexander Radek, uh, or Radek. Uh, now, the film was written by Andrew W. Marlowe. You might recognize him from the creator of Castle. Oh. Um, and the movie was released just one month after another diehard, but on a plane movie, Con Air. Oh, wow. I mean, that's how it happens, right? Yeah. The- you get Paul Blart, and then you get Observe and Report. Pretty much. Yeah. And, and what a reference, too. I love it. <laughs> uh, now, this movie uh, kind of became like a staple in the 90s. It was very popular. Uh, with a budget of $85 million, it made $315 million in the whoa, box office. Whoa. That's a lot of airline peanuts. Now... Uh, the then U.S. President Bill Clinton allegedly wanted to put an escape pod in the real Air Force One after seeing this movie. Okay, which I was <laughs> very disappointed to hear. Thank that you. It yeah, didn't exist. that was actually one of my uh, most emphasized notes on my notepad here. It just says 
an escape pod. Is that a thing? I've never heard of that. I had never heard of that being a thing, but it seems like a good idea. So Bill Clinton saw this and was like, I want to I wanna do that? Or was it the other way around where they heard no. he wanted this and then they put yeah. it in? No, oh, they still haven't. Uh, oh, they haven't. Okay. I've done some extensive Googling, Grayson, and I found out that basically the reason why there's no AirPod mm-hmm. in uh, aircraft like that is because basically there would be zero time to get anyone in an AirPod uh, if if a plane were to be descending at such a rapid rate. I it's guess they like, also can't really like control where it lands to a certain degree and right. to just have the president randomly landing somewhere is probably problematic. Uh, and also Apple you know, owns AirPods, so... <laughs> That's right. They're like, if we can't have iWatch, we're not letting anyone else have AirPods. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, and another uh, Air Force fun fact about this movie is uh, originally the score was written by Randy Newman. Are you kidding me? I kid you not, Grayson. That's a real thing. Uh, Peterson uh, considered his composition to be almost up parody uh and then commissioned uh jerry goldsmith who only had two weeks to write a new score uh take flight with uh that musical accompaniment and uh then newman said you know what i'm gonna take my talents elsewhere to someone who will really appreciate me uh wow so 1997 randy newman gets approached to do the air force one soundtrack you got some enemies. <laughs> Strange things are happening to me on this Air Force One. Uh, oh, oh, man. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, that's we, we only have to just imagine what that would be like, and I can only imagine it being amazing. That's so upsetting, uh, too, because I watched <laughs> the credits all the way through, and this was the first time I've ever seen this. The music section at the end only had one music credit. Oh wow! That, that was it. It's just the the one, and uh, yeah, it really could have used some Newman. Mm-hmm. That's why I say about most movies starring Harrison Ford. Clearly, mm. I will fly Air Force One no more. Speaking of, you know, the title of this movie, and also the actual Air Force One. So there's this moment in time at the end of the movie where um, they say, "Okay." Um, something Eagle is now Air Force One. And I mm-hmm. said, yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. And so it turns out that Air Force One is the official air traffic control call for a United States Air Force aircraft carrying the president of the United States. Yeah. So, so long as it is a Air Force aircraft, it becomes Air Force One. So, mm-hmm. yes, it's also like the super high tech, like, uh, sky vehicle. Sure, it's got uh, the office and all that, but as soon as right. he gets on another Air Force plane, it becomes Air Force One. Is it only Air Force planes, or could he get on like a Southwest flight, and that becomes Air Force One? I think I think it's the Southwest one. <laughs> well, uh, the same thing happens with the Vice President. When the Vice President gets on the Air Force plane, it becomes Air Force Two. And if they're oh. both on the plane at the same time, it becomes Air Force One and a Half, which is the movie that I really want to see 
Yeah, yeah it's the movie about the pilots and what they're doing. It's like, what are we going to do? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> got to figure this out. It's a real plucky film. Yeah. Uh, real American comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think they would ever let that happen. I don't, I don't think they let uh, the president and vice president fly on the same plane for obvious security reasons. I've also heard of parents that won't fly on the same plane for the same really sad reasons. <laughs> That's a real thing. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they won't fly on the same plane because if the plane goes down, they don't want their kids to become orphans. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I thought I was thinking more diplomatically. No, in like, this sense, uh, America yeah. is the children of the president mm-hmm. and vice president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting, too, because, yeah, at the end, they, they, they make that call that Liberty 2-4 is now Air Force One. Yeah. I'm like, wow, it's quite a vertical leap for that airplane. <laughs> You made it. You made it, Airplane. <laughs> is this what the movie Airplanes is about? I think Something so. Something very yeah. similar? The the not Pixar film? The Disney animation film. Oh, uh, what I say? The Disney Plus film. That's what you're looking for. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, uh, before we go on, uh, I just had to share this because I, I this will help you in future trivia, listeners. Um, Theodore Roosevelt became the first U.S. president to fly in an aircraft... And he was an early right flyer. Oh, uh, and he screamed the entire time. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. What is happening? <laughs> what is happening? So if you're ever wondering who is the first U.S. president to fly an aircraft, it is Theodore Roosevelt. Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> that was the thing. That, that was like the opening sequence. It's called Get Ready, Teddy. You're up <laughs> in the air. Oh, of the air, also a second take title that would later, you know, play better with Clooney. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So now we're going to go ahead and go into our reactions. Uh, Grayson, w- was this your first time watching this movie? Oh, it was, which is why I wrote Escape Pod so large in my notes. <laughs> um, yeah, it was my first time. And I knew very little about this movie. I knew Harrison Ford was in it. I knew it involved the airplane known as Air Force One. And I knew that he said, get off my plane. That's all I knew. Like, literally all I knew about this movie. Um, And so I was pleasantly surprised to see Gary Oldman and William H. Macy and Glenn Close and all these people where I was like, what? You were here the whole time? Um, So that was uh, was really exciting for me. And, uh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it was was surprisingly um, very star-studded like i you know i i I was very familiar with uh (laughs) i kept on making this connection it's very dumb but i just have to get it out of my brain Mm -hmm. um when he said get off my plane the only thing i could think of is the billy ocean song get out of my dreams it into my car that's all i could think of as soon as that happened so Mm -hmm. um but other than that, that was my only connection to this film as well. And then, like, seeing all of the, like, stars, like, we have several uh, alum just, like, just randomly, like, or I should say podcast alum making their, like, way into the movie. It's like, uh, so Glenn Close, not yeah. one of those people, but she's just, like, very surprising that she's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, one of the random extras in the movie um, one of the uh, Air Force extras was Snake from Degrassi. 
I was I just saw him. I was like, uh, is squeeze me? Uh, William H Macy, sure, um, A mystery men alum, yeah. Yeah, Xander Berkeley. I mm-hmm. couldn't quite place him, but then he is in Terminator Two as uh, I want to say the dad. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of my headcanon actually revolves around the extras, so I'm not going to participate a ton with your <laughs> thread here. But uh, yeah, Xander Berkeley. Uh, he's there. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, and Gary Oldman. Um, he is in the movie that it'll take some time for us to finally get around to it. But for future us, the dark Knight. Oh yeah. Um, The guy looks good in a bulletproof vest. He really, really does. Really does. Mm So, uh, but yeah, I I was, I was very surprised. And I also was really impressed with how the movie was able to, you know, it it is like very early on. I was like, Oh, it's die hard, but in a plane. Oh yeah. It's die hard. Um, but without it being old, yeah. like it, the tension was so high, and I'm like on the edge of my seat. I'm just like, okay, like I know everything's probably gonna work out. Like I know, like the only thing I know from this movie is from the ending of the movie. Mm-hmm. So I know how it's gonna end, but how's it gonna end? Like what's gonna happen? Like they they did a lot to keep everything very interesting. Like just right down to the double agent. Him just being in a scene stressed me oh, yeah. out. I forgot so about much. him too. Yeah, about right? Xander Berkeley's character because they they really pace him throughout the whole thing where he kind of blends in and then you're like, Oh right. There was an I thought once we got Gary, then we were good, but we're not. Yeah. Oh and there was a novelization of this movie that gives his character some more backstory. Because uh, in the original script, they, he had like a whole scene where basically he's like, "You're probably wondering why I did all this." Yeah, said, I was. We just, <laughs> yeah, we just need to cut it for time. And basically, they said the scene just took too long mm-hmm. um, to explain it, and they said, "Yeah, it's fine, just leaving it a mystery as to like why did this man do this?" And well, uh, I was also interested as what he thought was going to happen because he said that he'll also be working with the next president. And I was like, wait a minute. This wasn't like your ultimate (laughs) plan. This wasn't the end for you. So, um, yeah, no, I, uh, so it wasn't a book first, right? Like the book came after this. Okay. That's what I thought, because it feels like it would have been based on a book, like a Tom Clancy novel or something like that. Yeah. But I mean, overall, I mean, I was very, very impressed with this movie like the the tension because mm-hmm. i i've seen i mean we we say on the podcast every movie is a miracle that being said i've seen lesser versions of this movie sure yeah um where it's more or less the same premise but they don't captivate you as much yeah um but they started with you know you know they started out with any really good Star Wars movie, which is diplomatic uh, discussions, um, and and they keep you grounded with like, okay, it's these characters, grounded. it's these people. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh man, yeah. let's continue to talk about the higher ground um, now. But the, yeah, they, they keep you attached to these characters and mm-hmm. to the point where you are, you're just rooting for these characters, and you also kind of understand like how difficult and messy politics are and can be and how it's just like 
oh, uh, I don't like, I don't know what I'd do in this situation. Like, you, you have the people on the ground with Glenn close, and then you have people in the air, and you're like, okay, let's coordinate, let's try to figure something out. And um, they do a really good job at like making you feel the tension of that situation by grounding everything in the not only like the global stakes mm-hmm. of like what could happen but just like these people like what's going to happen between these people and i was really impressed with that yeah absolutely there are literal ups and downs the entire <sighs> way through turbulence uh, like... uh, oh grayson mm-hmm. i'm so sorry yeah i um i thought i could get this past uh the tsa <laughs> Uh-huh. It's not armed. Oh, no. You know, it, it's just, it's an antique. What have you done? Uh, I tried getting the head cannon. Through TSA, it did not work. Yeah. Uh, you will not be seeing me for several years. Oh, okay. Um, well, let's get so, Scott. <laughs> yep. Uh, head cannon is the part of the show where we share a few unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Uh, I think my biggest piece of head cannon uh, is that... Uh, because this movie uh, does have maybe like the second most recognizable um, fictional U.S. president, at least for me, next to Bill Pullman from Independence Day. Oh. Um, I'm going to probably borrow some headcanon from Independence Day. Okay. Uh, being that because Air Force One was so high tech and basically went down in such a way. Um, that the next iteration of Air Force One, like, uh, the movie sequel would obviously be called Air Force Two. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, two is better than gun, um, is what I would probably call it. Um, I, I, I would make it, like, more high-tech, and then it basically becomes, like, an alien defense ship um, that then goes on to fight other worldly threats oh nice because we need a diehard in space you see yeah i see final frontier uh-huh uh yeah no i like that um so for my head canon, it was very extras focused um so there is one extra in this that is he is really the linchpin for all political movies uh and his name is glenn morshauer if you don't know who glenn morshauer is IMDb him, you will see his face and say, oh, that guy, Glenn Morshauer, I would, I would venture to guess has played a political uh, agent, whether it's in the military or a secret service more than any other actor. I would, I'd be willing Uh to say. Um, And he uh, probably most notably uh, is in 24 as Aaron Pierce. He's a secret service agent. He was a secret service agent in this I mean, he's been military in films like Transformers, where he plays General Morshauer. They just gave him the same last name. Uh, Supergirl, Scandal, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., X-Men First Class, Criminal Minds, The Men Who Stare at Goats, NCIS, West Wing, Black Hawk Down, Pearl Harbor, Jag. And those are just the ones that I thought people have probably heard of more than others. There are tons where he plays police officers. He is like the person who has maybe benefited the most from typecasting in all of cinema. And he's always excellent because he's, I mean, gets cast because he's that good. But to me, he's more than just an excellent actor. He is what holds this entire universe together. 
And I believe that every time Glenn Morshauer exists as a political agent, specifically Secret Service, he is just reflecting a different dimension of the same world. Um, and so what we are seeing here is the reality where he went down with Air Force One. In a different reality, Aaron Pierce is helping Jack Bauer. In a different one, he's assisting President Bartlett. Uh, and I believe we're seeing, uh, if you think of time like a stack of ham, uh, we are just seeing the individual sandwich slices from the same stack of ham. Um, but that is the that is the construction of that is the string theory or the ham stack theory that is the Glenn Morshauer universe. Um, and similarly, the, what kind of sparked it too is Xander Berkeley is also a prominent player in 24, where he plays George Mason, the head of CTU uh, in a particular season. So I believe that in this ham slice, uh, George Mason became a uh, political dissident and actually uh, did what he did in Air Force One. But, you know, Aaron Pierce was was still there the whole time. So, um, yeah, I think this I think the entire ham soaked universe revolves around Glenn Morshauer. Um, and uh, I believe that one of those ham slices also that that would mean that um, Gary Oldman's pilot uh, survives this whole ordeal and goes on oh. to demand money from Spider-Man. Where is the rent? That's that's the same guy. That's the oh. same guy. Yes. So that would be the 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 Sony slice of ham. But it's all the same universe. It's all the same universe until it's not. Until it's not. <laughs> until it's not. Oh man, that is so good. I love that. I love that so much. Oh man, well done, Glenn Morshauer. Well done. You you've created your own cloud atlas. Really is old oh. ham atlas. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Our first book we write will be called <laughs> Ham, ham atlas. atlas. Oh, cinematic string uh, theory is Ham yeah. Atlas. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. All right, now we're going to launch into recast and remake. R -r recast, R -r remake. If I were to do a recasting of this, I would honestly love to see um, the same cast. But the roles to be flipped. Okay. Uh, so I would love for Gary Oldman to be President James Marshall, mm. Harrison Ford to be uh, Ivan uh, Korshinov, and then Glenn Close to be uh, First Lady, and then Grace Marshall to be Vice President Catherine Bennett. Oh, so you have it as like some off off Broadway playhouse where they switch the roles around every night just to keep it fresh. Yes. Got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. We call it get off off my Broadway plane. Um <laughs> no nights only. <laughs> so uh I cuz I mean the, these actors I th I think the casting director just deserves an award cuz they mm -hmm. it was so well cast that I would I would love to see uh, different people play different roles and see what choices they make. However, if it were to be made today, mm -hmm. um, I think uh, a really interesting choice would be uh, someone who they actually uh, considered for the role initially. It was Kevin Costner. Oh. Uh, so the lead role was actually written for Kevin Costner. Um, but then he went to go do The Postman and so suggested Harrison Ford. But if Harrison Ford was not available, 
according to DVD commentary, it would have gone to Randy Arnold Sw- Newman. <laughs> Randy oh. Newman. <laughs> it is acting debut. Uh, it would have gone to Arnold Schwarzenegger or Dennis Whoa. Quaid or Keanu Reeves. Speed three. I would love to see John Wick on a plane. <laughs> So I, I would honestly love to see Keanu Reeves um, in this role. Especially, I, I just want to see what President Keanu Reeves would do. Because mm-hmm. the sa- they would bill it the same way. Because, like, the and Ted it the same way. <laughs> they would bill and Ted it exactly <laughs> the same. Uh, because oh. I want to remind everyone, please don't forget this. The tagline for the movie is Harrison Ford is the president of the United States. That's the tagline. Wow. And I, I, I want that for like Keanu Reeves is the president of the United States. Air Force One. Like that. I feel like the tagline it. person like really had to go to his kid's softball game. And it was like, oh, oh, this is due today. I gotta go. Hey, uh, so I know I need to write the tagline. What's the movie about? I don't know. Harrison Ford's the president of the United States. Okay, that'll be my placeholder. Um, I gotta go. Yeah, and then... I quit, Larry. <laughs> he might uh, be a genius. He, he might, might be. be. <laughs> There's something to be said for clarity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no questions about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I, I definitely Keanu Reeves as the president. Um, I would love to see Vice President Tina Fey. That would be fun. Yeah. yeah. Or uh, Meryl Streep. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, for for my recasting of uh, President Air Marshal, I um, would love to see. I had two. First one was Hugh Jackman. I thought he would be. Oh. I was just thinking action stars who would also be very presidential. Um, or Angelina Jolie. I think she oh. would be incredible. Yeah. Um, and you could tie it into the Salt universe if you'd like. Uh, yes. And then with uh, Gary Oldman's character, uh, Sam Rockwell, because oh, 100%. for whatever reason, I flipped them around. They're not really that similar, but I still think that they, they can be. Uh, and then William H. Macy, I had Chris Evans. Um, just want to oh, see yeah. him back in uniform. Yeah. First Lady Marshall, uh, Carla Gugino from Haunting the Hill House. Ooh, and uh, Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that'd be really great. And and from The One, Jet Li's The One. Yes. Um, and uh, then for Glenn Close's character, for the Vice President, Laura Dern. I love Laura Dern, and yes. I think she would be excellent as vice president, um, both in the movie and life. And then uh, for, Xander Berkeley, for Xander Berkeley, uh, Agent Gibbs, Channing Tatum. I think you yeah. could do it. Yeah. Channing Tatum. Uh, you mentioned this earlier, too, but if they were to remake it or, uh, well, really do a sequel, it'd have to be called Air Force Two, obviously. Make it with the vice president. Um, and Or you could do a whole spinoff uh, Hobbs and Shaw, where it's Marine One and it's uh, a helicopter. Same thing, but a helicopter. All the different vehicles. Yeah, significantly less room to move about. But I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's like no, a bottle I, episode. It really would be. It really would be. But if they could, you know, make a whole franchise off the words "has fallen," why not True. do it with all hey. the different vehicles? Yeah. Oh man, I like it. I really like it. I, let's just get that gritty reboot of planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh yeah, that we've been wanting, where each different movie is a different. It's Air Force One presents colon planes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then get off yeah. my plane, get off my train, get off my automobile. Yeah, get the, off my caboose. 
Oh, oh no. Uh, yeah, the the motorcade would be an excellent, yeah. like a high speed chase. And Get off you... my monorail. <laughs> yeah, this can only end one way, monorail. But yeah, if you do the motorcade, you, you got to bring in President Keanu. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, now we're going to go into our final segment of the show where we give you our reasons to recommend. So Grayson, mm-hmm. before we get off this plane of a podcast, yeah, yeah. Uh, why would you recommend Air Force One? So part of the reason that I love doing this podcast in general is that it prompts me to see movies that I just missed growing up. Like I, I should have seen this earlier than I did. And this podcast allows me to go back and kind of revisit a lot of these or, or pick up on the ones that kind of dropped by the wayside. And I'm so glad that I did. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, fix that today. Um, you, you need to see it. It really does um, kind of chain these events together in a way that keeps you guessing. Uh, like when he went through the escape pod, I was like, oh, well, that's that's the movie. Okay. Uh, and then when they were like, it was empty. I was like, no. That was, <laughs> like, uh, like, I should have seen that coming. Why didn't I see that coming? Uh, that was excellent. And so it's stuff like that where it felt, if you're a fan of 24, you would definitely be a fan of this. This felt like... Um, so The American President by Aaron Sorkin was really what got West Wing made. I feel like this movie is what got 24 made. And they're like, I will cast two of the actors from it at minimum. Um, and I think it has some really nice heart to it as well. Even at the beginning, like he's got a great speech at the beginning too, um, where he says, the dead remember. Real peace is not just the absence of conflict, it's the presence of justice. And I was like, oh man, how presidential. Uh, So you buy into the world really early on, and it's Harrison Ford. I mean, it's Harrison Ford is the president. Uh, And so it's just a lot of fun. Uh, It is uh, a roller coaster ride, and um, it's, it's maybe the only action film, nay, the only film where the day is saved by a fax machine um other yeah. than the brave little toaster presents mm-hmm. the brave little fax machine so <laughs> i um I'm, I'm a big fan and uh, i i wish i had seen it sooner so i highly recommend air force one absolutely yeah i i would recommend this movie because it it is a really great action film that though it is uh, firmly planted in the 90s, the stakes don't feel any less. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like, you know, like in Fast and Furious, just because they're stealing a bunch of TVs with VHS tapes, like that doesn't take away from the fact that, you know, there's action and tension in the movie. Um, same here. Like, like even if they were to make this movie today, they wouldn't need to do many things different for the stakes to feel just as real. Oh yeah. Um, like zip lining between planes. I've never seen that in a movie. And no. Like it's inherently exciting. Yeah. So just and do I'm, that again. Yeah. Cause I'm watching it. I'm just like, well, I, yes, my, my human intelligent brain knows that this isn't really happening, but I couldn't help but think how, how are they doing this? How, how is this, a protocol like they like this is this is amazing and they they really do a good job at making this movie exciting even though the premise itself uh doesn't 
on the surface seem like it would be exciting. It's like, yeah, I've seen Die Hard, Die Hard on a plane. But no, it like it has its own identity, its own narrative, um, and its own uh, action and pacing. And it, it's 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 a good movie, guys. Like, it's it's a real good movie, and I I really think that you'll enjoy it um, because this movie needs to get out of your plane and into your heart. Um, and that is our review of the 1997 movie Air Force One. Let us know what you remember about Air Force One on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Flashback Flicks. Mm-hmm. And still stands, if you remember Nelly's hit song, Air Force One, use the hashtag, hashtag Tuper. Um, just so that I know that I'm not the only one who remembers that, and that's the first thing that came to mind before a movie did. Oh, yeah, and I uh, I sure didn't, so thank goodness that was not on uh, DJC Kenny's quiz last week, because I would not have been able to answer it. Um, yeah. Which also makes me think that I would be remiss, Ricky, if we did not mm-hmm. somehow tie Air Force One into the presidential spinoff Air Bud One back in the doghouse... Um, let's make that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Air Force One presents uh Air Dog One colon first dog. Yes, there you go. It's a really long title, uh, yeah. but still shorter than Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Um, or by Puppison Party. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. Uh, his doghouse is the White House. Uh, Air Bud is the president of the United <laughs> States. I quit, Larry. <laughs> My family comes first. Uh, and it would mean a lot to us if you could leave this podcast a rating and review on your podcasting platform of choice. Um, on a scale of one to five, um, not Air Forces because... <laughs> There's the one mm-hmm. um, or the two, but I'd say on a scale of one to five parachutes being thrown off a plane by <laughs> Gary Oldman. Yeah. What a uh, waste. You know? Yeah. I mean, five parachutes. Yeah. That's, that's risky, I but mean, yeah. High it praise. Depends on what side you're on, I guess. Can you imagine being on the ground and a, just an unopened parachute lands and you're like, well, that's almost never good. <laughs> And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. With the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance making its way to Netflix as an original, we decided to look at a different Muppet treasure. We're going to take a look back at the 1996 movie Muppet Treasure Island. Oh, because the only thing better than a dark crystal is a black spot. That's perfect. That's all I got. Bow on (laughs) it. I quit, Larry. I quit. (laughs) 